You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. As you can see, this is still part of the sex series, but this is like a 3B. Okay, so episode three in the sex series, we talked about erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation. And it just happened to be, actually by coincidence, that I have a guest who is a male adult entertainer. And he specifically gives advice on ED and PE, erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation. So it actually worked out really well to have him here on the podcast and kind of put a part of this sex series. So it's kind of like part two from the last episode where we're further talking about the issues that guys have when they are in the bedroom. So if you have these issues, if this is something that you're trying to get fixed, well, then we have someone who is a true expert on this and has worked on it himself, has given advice to others, and you're going to hear some interesting things. His name is Sterling Cooper, by the way, and he's been in the industry uh, for a little while now. And I think it'd be good to hear from someone of his work line to give us the tips on this, right? Of course, that's what these uh, male adult entertainers or porn stars are dealing with. They have to make sure that they are not having any kind of premature ejaculation and they are maintaining their erection. So we're going to go into that in just a bit. Again, we're in the sex series here. And uh, what we'll do is I have another episode coming out that is just the normal episodes, not in the sex series. And the next week, we'll finish it off with part four part five, and part six. I'm very excited to continue this series. I hope it's been helping you, and I hope that you have gotten a lot from it because it's teaching you everything that really surrounds the idea of starting a sexual relationship during a sexual relationship and some more advanced stuff that I don't usually talk about. So it's going to be very exciting. If you feel that you need coaching and you need some help, in the arena of meeting women and getting to the point where you are having fun in the bedroom, but you feel maybe you're too shy or maybe you don't have the skill set that it takes to be able to meet and attract women, go to coachedbytrip.com and you can join me for one of the coaching programs that will help you and get you to the point where you are meeting and attracting women in your town or even when you decide to travel. I've worked with guys who wanted to go to Europe for a while or you know, just go to different cities and and meet women and have fun. So you're going to learn everything it takes and everything to do when you see a woman literally anywhere. So you'll know exactly what to say and how to get her interested in you. Go to coachedbytrip.com to make this possible. You can apply today to work with me and join one of my many programs that I have running. I'm be excited to work with you. Fill out the application to the degree where I can really understand what your situation is and then we'll get you the help. Why don't we jump into the interview for now with Sterling Cooper talking about ED and PE. Here it is. All right, I'm here with Sterling Cooper. Sterling, how's it going, man? I'm good, Trip. It's good to see you. Well, not see you, but hear you more than anything. So is this, uh, is this a Mad Men reference? No, no. Everyone, you know what? Everyone thought it was, though. When I, when I, picked, I picked my stage name, I had never even heard of the TV show, Mad Men. And then everyone was like, oh, you mean Mad Men? I'm like, sure. And then I had to go check it out. And it turns out I love the series. And I kind of like, I dress in suits. I like to dress in suits. So it kind of works by complete accident. 
That's hilarious. Okay, well, I'll take your word for it. So, Sterling, tell us about your background. So, are you still what's an adult entertainer, porn star, male porn star? Are you still doing that, or is that old news? Erotic film star, porn star, adult entertainer. I, I'm these days. I uh, dip my foot in it like occasionally, just to stay relevant, just to stay like abreast of the industry. Because you learn a lot of stuff on set. Uh, you learn a lot of like. It's like uh, sitting around the, the, the water cooler at like a, a regular desk job. You've got, to, you've got to go to set to get all the industry gossip. So I'll dip my foot in every other month. But these days I don't shoot as much as I used to. These days I focus primarily more on, uh, on my YouTube and my, and my one-on-one coaching with guys like helping dudes overcome bedroom performances using getting better at laying pipe is the way I like to put it. Got it. So I'm curious, how does that work? Like you say you dip your toes and like you just you can just go do a scene whenever you want or yeah. how does that come about? Here's the thing, as a male male performer, right, it's actually, it's really, really hard to get this job. Like that's it's one of the hardest jobs in the world for any guy to get into. Why? Competitive? Yeah, because everyone wants to do it and everyone thinks they can do it, but not many people actually can. So you've got a huge pile of dudes trying to get the job. And because of that, like directors are really reluctant to try out a new guy. If you think about it from a, dire- a producer's, director-producer standpoint, for shooting a mainstream porn scene, right, you're spending at least $6,000 to produce like one 30-minute scene. If the dude and, and everyone's paycheck depends upon the guy doing his job, if he can't do his job, if he can't get it up and, uh, and perform, then everyone goes home without getting paid. So, and that, for that has reason, that happened? It happens to guys all the time. It's happened. It's in in my like four odd years shooting porn. I think it's I've had like one day like that where it was sorry guys, it's just not happening today. Uh, my bad. And that was like once. Problem is though, if you, if that's your first scene, you will never work again. So the like the job interview, like the first time you get a shot, is the most important one. And I would say the first time you shoot for any new director is the most important day on the job because you've got to impress the guy and make sure he knows that you can do the job you can do a good scene and then then once you're approved by a director he's he sort of tested you out he's like all right i'm going to give this guy another shot because there's a very small male talent pool in our industry it's it's basically in, in america it's realistically like the same 20 dudes shooting like this over and over and over again shooting like 80 percent of the mainstream pool because it's just a hard job so directors are, like i said they're reluctant to try a new guy because they'll, they'll waste money and so when you do eventually get a shot, you're sort of in this pre-vetted pool of guys. So it's, it makes it even harder to break in, you know what I mean? Because they're getting all the work. If a, if a director has like six guys on his roster that he can shoot every day of the month, well, okay, he doesn't need to try a new guy. So that's why it's one of the hardest jobs to get into as a dude. Sure. No, I bet. It's interesting too. I wonder, you know, all these guys want to get into it because, I don't know, it's fun, it's cool. I mean, is it fun? Is it actually fun? Or when you're doing it, does it seem like work? I'm not going to lie. There is a work component to it. There is a big work component to it. There's a lot of paperwork that people don't realize. There's a whole lot of paperwork and a whole lot of waiting around, especially as the guy, because the girl has to get her makeup done. So you're sitting around waiting around for that to happen. Then the girl has to get like solo pictures taken. So you're still sitting around. Like they make you get to set early so they can check all your paperwork, get all your tests done. But you're, for, as a dude, you're sitting around for half a day doing nothing, just waiting for like the girl to be ready. And then you've got to do all your dialogue. So like a typical scene, we're on set for at least eight hours to get a regular scene shot. When it comes down to like the fun stuff, absolutely. It's, look, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's fun getting paid to have your dick sucked. So I would be, I would be lying to you if I said, <laughs> that wasn't a fun part of the job. But it is not all sunshine and rainbows because some girls are fantastic to work with and make the job super easy. And other girls can be a bit diva-ish, shall we say, and can make it a real pain in the ass. 
How do you mean when, when, they, when you say diva-ish? What do they do? Well, so I, I break the, the female talent pool down into like three different categories, right? There's the girls who are genuine nymphomaniacs. They love sex for whatever reason. So this job is perfect for them. They make going to work a dream. It's like you wonder why you're even being paid when you're working with these girls because they just, they're just great. It, uh, the litmus test for me is like before we've even, uh, like, is she grinding up on me, grabbing my dick, touching my dick or like sucking my dick before the camera's even rolling? That's the sign of a nymphomaniac on set for me. Then the, you've got another third of girls, which are kind of like what I would call the professionals. And these girls tend to have a boyfriend or a partner who, uh, you know, back at home. And so they don't, they don't sort of get sexual before the camera's rolling. But once the camera's rolling, they give you their all and they're great to work with and they're fun, but they're professional about it. And then the last third are what I call the divas. And they tend to, they, they walk around with this attitude of you're lucky to be anywhere near my vagina. They've got a, they've got a bit of an ego about them and they're very ADD and they're hard to like, like, okay, okay, we've got to get this scene shot or we've got to get this, these photos taken or we've got to get this bit of dialogue and she's on her phone all day getting distracted all the time. So they, they don't take it professionally and they take it like, they, they, don't treat, they don't treat it like a job. They treat it like they're, uh, you're lucky to be around it. That's interesting. So who's the big diva and who's super cool? I, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, shit on people. Uh, I will tell you who's really cool. Though. So some of my favorites to work with, Sarah J. She's an old school porn star. She's like been in the industry for like 20 years. She's fantastic to work with. Some of the newer girls I really like working with, Lizzie Sweet's awesome. Candace Dare is awesome. Uh, Lainey Gray is awesome. There's a lot of these really like younger, kind of bubblier girls that are just great to work with, got a good energy about them. The ones that, it's, it's funny, the girls that tend to become divas, they tend to be like the younger girls who get into it and then within like a year or two, they blow up and like they become like super starlets. They tend to, oddly enough, it's weird because the, the ones that the fans really like, then they become a diva and then we have to work with them all the time and they become a pain in the ass to work with. So it's this weird You know, cycle. this is like, it's so funny. This is just like any other industry, I'm sure, yeah. you know? Whether it's a music industry or the uh, regular entertainment industry, I bet you when when someone blows up like that, that probably tends to happen because you get a little bit of an ego and you know you, you think you're kind of hot stuff, right? Think about it this way: this is the way I what, this is how I explain it to guys. Think, imagine you're an 18 year old girl, right? Or well, at this point, like 19 years old. Every single person you interact with is telling you you can do no wrong. So. All of her fans, all of her like all of her fans on Twitter or, or social medias or whatever, they're fawning over her, telling her she's beautiful and amazing. Everyone on set is trying to placate to her and be nice to her because they don't want her to get upset and walk off set and cost the cost the producer money. So the makeup artist, the, the lighting guy, the sound audio guy, the director himself, even the male talent is like just all we're doing is trying. She might be in a mood. She might she might be uh, uh, she might be having a bad day or whatever. All we're trying to do is not piss her off so we can get the scene shot and get home and go home. So when you have that, and if, if you know, as she gets more and more popular, her, the ego starts to grow and she's got no one sort of checking her saying like, if she's sitting on her phone for too long and delaying the, the scene, no one's checking her and being like, Hey, so-and-so like, come on, we got to get stuff done. You're being unprofessional. No one's saying that to her. They're all just kissing her ass. So that is how you end up with it's so, it's so interesting. I, as I'm hearing you say this, it also kind of reminds me of like when you raise a child, Mm. and and you spoil them and you treat them like they can do no wrong and then what happens right they grow up and and uh they become kind of terrible people to, to say uh, the least you there's know, a lot of parallels they, yes yeah parallels. and it's interesting too it's just like in a nutshell what i'm hearing you say is they see their value 
and they go, wow, I'm valuable. And then they think that that gives them a reason to to really act in, in any way they want. To act like shitty people sometimes. They're not wrong. Like female beauty is one of the, is realistically like the most valuable thing on the planet. If you think about it, like people, <laughs> like wars were fought over this for millennia. You know, like people, like men raided other tribes for like the women. Like this is like, we, we rewind the clock evolutionarily. Like that is the thing that most men like gained any, like they, they accumulated wealth and they accumulated power. Why? Access to beautiful women. For the most part, that's why they did what they did, you know? And in this day and age, like women are sort of not only aware of that power, but they're reinforced or encouraged to take advantage of that power. And, and what's interesting is at the same time, because of social media, we are seeing a lot of very attractive women. So to me, if you can change your mindset a little bit and look at it that way, you start to realize, oh, there's a lot of beautiful women out there. Absolutely. There's a lot of women that, you know, that are attractive that a man can be with. So it almost starts to become somewhat of a commodity. Yes. And 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 well, there although there is absolutely an abundance of beautiful women, there is an more of an abundance of uh, thirsty dudes. Like guys who will crawl, you know, under, uh, crawl on their hands and knees to get anywhere near a girl like that. Uh, right. You know, and, and you see them all in, in, in the comment section of their Instagram photos or in the comment section of their Twitter posts or whatever. They're, I'm uh, curious uh, regarding you. So how did you get into the industry? So I got into the industry in a, weird, in a funny way. So I was, I, I'm from Australia, if people can't tell from my accent. I uh, started off actually in the swingers scene. So I was, I was a, a single guy in the swinging scene, which is very, very hard to do. I met some girls and I finagled my way into the swinging scene uh, back in Perth, Western Australia, where I'm from. And then I met some girls in the swinging scene who happened to be escorts, which is legal back in Australia. That's, that's a, escorting is a legal thing. I had a few girls tell me uh, who, who were in the swinging scene who were also escorts. I had a few of those girls tell me, you know what? You would be good as a male escort. You should try it. And I said, well, why the hell not? So I, for a few years, I moonlighted as a, as a straight male escort, and I used to uh, service wealthy businesswomen from time to time, and I uh, did that for a few years. I quite enjoyed it. I was quite good at it. And then through that circle of like professional sex workers, I ended up meeting some girls who also did pornography, which is a very, very small talent pool. So it's not, like the, it's not a big mainstream industry it is in America. It's a small, more, more of a hobby industry. And so I thought, well, look, I quite enjoyed you know, my work as, an, as, a, as a male escort. Why don't I give porn a try? So I kind of always wanted to do it, you know, as a, as a young man, as a teenager, that's kind of like the little, the teenager's dream is like, oh, wow, I could, would love to do that. And uh, yeah, gave it a shot, managed to, did a great job my first scene and uh, kept getting booked. And then I sort of leveraged that, that work in Australia. Uh, I had a couple of leads in England that I reached out to and I said, hey, I've seen this pool of work I've done over here in Australia for the last six months. I'd love to come out to England and try my luck over there if you would shoot me. And I had a couple of directors say, yep, we'll give you a shot. So I flew over to England, uh, lived in England for six months shooting porn there, shot for, the, for some pretty popular companies like Brazzers and uh, Fake Taxi, might be ones that people I recognize. And then I got flown out to uh, Eastern Europe to Budapest in Hungary. And I shot there uh, between, between Budapest, Hungary, and Prague in the Czech Republic. I bounced back and forth between those for a few months. And then I eventually uh, made my way to America, to Los Angeles, and did the same thing. And now I'm, I've been here in, here in uh, America for the last three years. So that's kind of how where, I... Where are you now? Right now, I'm in Miami. Okay. Okay, yeah. got it. Is it a pretty big scene over there in terms of the industry? Yeah. It, the biggest scene is Los Angeles. And then the second biggest would be... like it's, It goes Los Angeles, and then you have Las Vegas and Miami are kind of tied. 
but like second and third uh, place. Okay, That's kind of, those are the main hubs in America for pornography. And now you've you've come to the point where you're teaching guys how to be better lovers and how to deal with ED, erectile dysfunction, and PE, premature ejaculation. Is Absolutely. Right? Yeah, because I got a lot of dudes just emailing me about it randomly. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty articulate guy. I'm well-read. I can, you know, I can, uh, I actually have a, a, a background in science. My I have a double degree in chemistry, oddly enough. So I, can, I kind of understand, like, the way the body works. And I kind of understand brain chemistry to a degree. And I understand hormones and these sort of things. And I can at least, and I can, I can look at a research article and tell you whether it's it's bollocks or not. You know, I can see if the scientific method was applied properly. So as I'm getting all these emails and questions and DMs from from fans and dudes who are like, "Hey man, I'm I'm struggling with this thing. Can you give me any advice?" I thought, well, maybe I should just start, you know, putting that kind of uh, content out there. And I had a few friends encourage me to create a YouTube channel, so I did that, and then it uh, started taking off. And people were like, "Yes, thank you. We need this is exactly what we wanted to, wanted to help with because I'm." Like this guy, I'm not. I don't sit. I don't pretend to be like the best porn star in the world. Like anything from it. There's a lot of dudes who are far better at my job, the job of being a porn star, than I am. They've won much more, many more awards than me, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing that I can, I can do a lot better than most of the guys in my industry is I can break this thing down. I can break down what we do, like how we do what we do, so that the average guy can kind of take these tools of the trade that we use on set every day and apply them in the bedroom and, you know, get rid of things like you said, like get rid of performance anxiety, get rid of erectile dysfunction, get rid of premature ejaculation, like overcome these issues so we can actually have a fulfilling sex life. Because sex should be this, you know, fun, enjoyable, stress-relieving experience. And unfortunately for a lot of guys, it's the opposite. It's, it's right. a very stressful experience because they're having problems. Yeah, that's no fun. No so, fun at all. What's the number one thing that guys are asking you? Like, what's the what's the biggest thing guys are asking you when they're DMing you or emailing you? What's the what's the biggest problem that you've seen? The most common one is performance anxiety. It's important to understand the difference between performance anxiety and erectile dysfunction. These are actually two different things, and people, uh, especially younger guys, kind of get the two mixed up. So, erectile dysfunction is the, is kind of the physical side of it. It's like the plumbing. It's like the reason it's the dick isn't working properly because of cardiovascular issues or hormonal issues or blood flow issues, right? It's a physical side. It's the, the, what's wrong with the plumbing? Performance anxiety is purely the mental side of things. It's you're a physically capable, healthy man. Everything should be working fine, but it's not. And it's because you're in your head. You're, there's some there's some negative mental thought pattern going on in your head, which is stopping you from being present, being in the moment and enjoying yourself. Performance anxiety is the most common thing I get because I get guys sending me questions like, oh, do you have any advice about erectile dysfunction? And I'll ask them, okay, well, what's your problem? What, like, what, is, what exactly is going on? And they describe, them, they describe the situation. And they're a perfectly healthy young man. Right. But this is happening. I'm like, well, that's not erectile dysfunction, my friend. You have performance anxiety, something going on in your head. Got it. Okay. It's basically like, yeah, in the clinical sense, it's more performance anxiety. But it's like what, what when they say that it is erectile dysfunction that stems from the performance anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And but well, not what, not in the sense where things aren't working, it's all mental, is what you're yes, saying. Exactly. The mistake guys will tend to do is they'll default to the little blue pill. They'll default to a Viagra. And it'll probably work for them too, because it's it's but it's not working for the reason they think it's working. Like they think they have some they think there's something wrong with them. And so they take a blue, this little blue pill and they then the next time they have sex, it's purely working via placebo effect. So they're taking this little blue pill and they're like, oh, they, they relax and they calm down and then magically their dick works again. They become dependent on it. So they keep taking the blue pill every time. And anyone who knows anything about drugs, you, know, you, get, you develop drug resistance. 
And sooner or later, that little blue pill stops working altogether and doesn't have any effect. And then he's back to square one. And he hasn't fi- the guy hasn't fixed the problem that he had in the first place, which was a problem with his, with his thought patterns, a problem with his, 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 a lack of presence and lack of you know, focus. So that's why one of the first things I'll tell guys is, look, don't – I mean, maybe if you're like a, an older guy, like a 50-plus-year-old guy, okay, fine. Maybe you do need a little bit of assistance there. Maybe there is something to do with the plumbing that's a little bit weaker. But if you're a young guy, if you're like under 30, you should not be reaching for a wire. Like you don't need it. There's, there is plenty of things you can do to help improve your, like, your blood flow. But more importantly, if you're you know, having problems down there, it is not because you're, well, for the most part, for most guys, it's not anything like chemically, biologically wrong. Got it. Okay, so then let's help some guys out. What are the tips that you can give guys where – they can help fix their performance anxiety. So there's a couple of things. So there's a few different. Uh, it, it, it depends what their thought pattern. One little thing, I one little sort of uh, trick that we use that, that I know at least I use in the industry is this concept of motion creates emotion. So well, I think this is, this is like an old Tony Robbins thing, actually. Weirdly enough, Tony Robbins used to do this thing in his uh, seminars where he would get all of his attendees to like jump up and down and like beat their chest and, and do like a power pose to feel confident, right? And there's there's logic behind that. You might say, you know, I, I try not to sound kind of woo-woo with any of the things I talk about, but there's logic behind the reasoning of that. And it's your, when you move your body in a certain way, it elicits certain emotions, right? So if you're in the middle of sex and you notice that things are start, not, not quite working down there or, they're start, or maybe they're starting to go down, right? Maybe your erection is starting to fade. If you stay in that same place, Physically, if you're staying the exact, in the exact same position, you don't move away from it, you're going to stay in that same emotional frame of mind, that same mental place. So the first thing I'll tell guys is, look, motion creates emotion. So if, you're, if you notice things are going badly, quickly move, change position, like change, like just turn 90 degrees. I don't care what it is, but move out of that current physical place to start. So you're in, in a different physical location, you're producing a different emotion, right? That's the first thing. Motion creates emotion, change where you're at. Second thing is a lot of guys will have a problem with performance anxiety because of their what they're focusing on, right? They're focusing, for a large portion of these guys, they're focusing on trying to please her and being, or more importantly, being so desperate to please her that they're not focusing on the right thing. They're not focusing on the beautiful woman in front of them. They're focusing on this thought in their head, which is, oh boy, I really hope she likes me. I hope I'm as good as her last boyfriend. I hope I, hope, hope I measure up to her other lovers. Right, right. And it's please, her, really, please her, please her. Yeah, it's a terrible thought pattern because it's, it's what you're really doing, you're actually focusing on yourself. You're, you're, judging and, and foc- and you're judging yourself and focusing on like, I hope I measure up to this sort of ex- imaginary expectation I've created rather than, look, there's a beautiful woman in front of me. Yay, let's enjoy, let's enjoy this beautiful woman in front of me. So, I'll tell guys if they if they find that they're in that kind of a mental state, if they and it takes a bit of self awareness to kind of you got to, like the first thing a guy has to do is sort of step back from himself and be like, what? Why am I in this? Like, why am I feeling that? Why am I fearing that? Feeling nervous? What what thoughts are going on in my head right now? So anal- trying to analyze that at the cause is, is really important because then they can start to fix it. But if they realize, yeah, I'm I'm really trying to please this chick. I'm really and I'm desperate to please her. And I'm trying to sort of measure up to this imaginary standard. I tell guys to come at sex from a different frame of mind. And the frame of mind I tell them to come at sex from is what I call the selfish pervert frame of mind. So bear with me here for a second. When I say selfish pervert, I don't mean a guy who like walks in 
walks into the bedroom and busts the nut in like 30 seconds and goes to sleep. That's not what I mean when I say selfish. It's selfish combined with a perverted nature. So I tell guys to try and imagine the, your woman as like, she's the muse for your sexual lust. You're so like turned on by her that you want to to do anything and everything your perverted mind can come up with with her body. And this is, and I'm obviously within, you know, we're obviously talking about within boundaries of consent, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that, that's a foregone conclusion. She's the outlet for your sexual lust. She's the muse for your sexual lust. So you're not going to bust the nut in 30 seconds because you're not done with her yet. You know, you're not, you, I, haven't, I haven't done this position with her. I haven't done that position with her. I haven't tried this thing with her. And instead of focusing in on your, internally on yourself and your, being in your head, worrying, instead of that, you'll find that your focus is now on the woman, on all the different things about her that you find attractive and you find beautiful. And it's focusing on doing the different kinds of sex acts with her that you actually enjoy. So it's less about a performative, pleasing frame of mind and more about a, a animalistic, let's have fun and, 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 and be primal and enjoy this frame. So that, that is one of the easiest ways for guys to fix that problem of, I really hope I'm pleasing you, or trying to desperately please you. I almost like simply said, try to please yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's kind of what I said too in, in the last episode when I was talking about, I, I talked about it in a different way related to this idea of the law of state transfer. So, you know, when you're having a good time She's going to be having a good time. So don't worry so much about got to please her, got to please her, please yourself, and she will be pleased. Absolutely. That's that, the way I phrase that. Uh, what, what, you sh- what you feel, she feels. So if you're like, yes, if you feel nervous and anxious and, you know, uh, unconfident, she's going to pick up on that. And she's going to start to feel nervous and anxious and, and not very confident. But if you come into sex as, okay, you're aroused, you're excited, you're enthusiastic, you're horny, you're whatever that is, she's going to pick up on that and she's going to start to feel aroused and excited and get into it and get, get aroused and get excited and get enthusiastic about sex. Anything else related to this? Like, what if a guy can't do that? Like, what if he's still having such a hard time getting out of his head? One of the things I will recommend to guys to do, do quite a lot of, and like, oddly enough, you'll see a lot of porn stars doing this, this is why I know this works, is one of the... Uh, the patterns I recognized amongst all my male co-stars, they'll do some form of practice which focuses on, teaches them to be present in the moment. So we're talking either meditation is one example of that. You learn to control your focus. You learn to not be in your head. You learn to be present in that moment. That's meditation. And another fantastic way of learning to be present in the moment, oddly enough, is boxing or martial arts, like boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Because you cannot be in your head if someone is throwing a fist at your face. You have to be present. You have to be in that moment. You have to be right then and there. If you're sitting there thinking about your grocery list and then someone clocks you, you're in trouble. So it's a way of training the body to always be present in a physical situation. Same with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. If someone's choking you out or trying to, or trying to snap your arm in half, you're not going to be thinking, again, you're not going to be thinking about, oh, that, that argument I had with the boss is not going to come into your head. You're going to be right there in the moment and engaging with it physically. So these kind of things, you don't really hear many... Uh, professional fighters having problems with uh, with erectile function erectile dysfunctional performance anxiety. right because you're yeah exactly you're going to be in that moment okay so i'll tell guys look start you can download the headspace app it's completely free start doing some daily meditation meditative practice and or take up boxing or brazilian music. take up some kind of fighting sport that's going to force you into that situation because you're doing you're, you're, it's uncomfortable yes but that's the point is like you're putting yourself in more uncomfortable situations because if you can handle, like if, if you raise the bar, you know what I mean? And that's kind of, that's kind of uh, part of what we do as porn stars. Like 
the pressure for us is is you know like ten out of ten, right, to do our job. So when I when it comes for Especially me, if it's your first time, yeah, exactly. So when it comes to to my regular life, well, then the the pressure is like done at like a one out of ten. So like I've raised the bar to this standard here. So now doing regular sex is, is a no. It's a, a, a cakewalk. It's easy. Getting comfortable in uncomfortable situations allows you to then approach what again, what I'm saying before, what should be relaxing, fun situations with a lot less stress. Okay. Okay. Cool. What else? What other tips do you have for performance anxiety? Or is that pretty? Is that it? That's no, no. We, we, uh, let's let's. I'm just going to bring up some of my notes because I actually have all this stuff written down. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. So we, like we said before, sometimes. The, the kind of like the opposite of like worrying if you're pleasing her. That's like, that's one, that can be one problem. The opposite can, can also be true. So sometimes you don't, you're not sort of thinking about her enough. So a lot of the time I'll tell these guys, look, you want to actually, to get out of your head, focus on her, focus on the parts of her body you find most around. And this, this is kind of like the secret superpower of most like porn stars is that you can put any woman in front of them and they'll find something beautiful about it. That is actually a good muscle to try, to try and train. So if you're out and about walking around seeing beautiful women, or not seeing not even beautiful women, just seeing regular, you know, a woman you wouldn't necessarily normally consider beautiful, try and find something attractive about her. Train that muscle, because what that means is then when it comes to sex, if you're having sex with a woman that you actually genuinely find attractive, which for the most part you wouldn't be having sex with her if you didn't find her attractive, you're training your brain to focus on things that are going to keep you. There. They're going to keep you in the zone. They're going to keep you aroused and erect and hard and, 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 and enjoying yourself. Because like, oh, I love the way her eyes look. I love the, 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 love the way her hair smells. I love the way her body curves. I love the, way, love, the, love the shape of her areolas. Whatever it is that you particularly like about women in general, or that woman, training that focus on the right thing. Because again, all, all performance anxiety does is put you in your head. So all we're trying to do really is get out of that. Now, there's another thing is guys will... When they have their first bout of performance anxiety, the problem is this can then lead to future instances of performance anxiety. So this is it's actually really important. This is this is quite quite key. You don't want it to be a perpetual, like self fulfilling prophecy, like a, a repeating negative cycle. So a guy, you know, a guy has like one one situation where he has, he has problems, and he's like, oh damn, that's, that never happened before. And then the next time he has sex with a woman, he's thinking in the back of his head, oh shit, I hope I don't have I hope my dick works this time. I hope I don't have the same problem I had last time. And lo and behold, because he's thinking about that, his dick doesn't work. And then the next time, this, the history repeats itself, right? So you, that is the bad situation. That's the worst case scenario, right? That this thing like keeps going. So what you have to do, if you notice it happening more than, if it's happened more than once, like in a row, you have to do what I call fucking your way out of the funk. It's a weird, weird way of, ex- of expressing it. But, and the way you do that is you lower the bar for yourself. So, if you've had one 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 situation with a you've had bad performance anxiety, and then the second time around it sort of kicked in again, you're like, oh, God damn. So the third, like the next time you have sex with a girl, I want you to lower your standards for what is good sex, like what for your so we say for your performance. So for example, you might say instead instead of saying I'm going to have you know what you normally have sex for like half an hour, you might say okay this time I'm going to be selfish and I'm only going to have sex for like two minutes. If you, you actually set the bar that low for yourself. Here's why. You want to give your brain a, a, a reference experience of you succeeding, of meeting your expectation. Because the last two times you had sex in this, in this scenario, you failed to meet your expectation and you created this negative thought pattern. So the third time, you had, the, ne- the next time in the sequence, you're going to say, all right, my expectation is I'm only going to have sex for like two minutes. 
And even if you're having a little bit of a boner issue, you probably can actually manage to get a boner for like two minutes and then bust it up. So even though, yeah, she might not come back for sex for that it, with you because it was, wasn't that you know interesting, at least for you in your head, you haven't quote unquote failed because you set the bar low deliberately yourself, right? And your brain is basically like, oh, we didn't have a problem this time. And then you do it. And then you, the next time you have sex, you, maybe you make it, okay, I'm going to go for five minutes. And you just rebuild your confidence again from scratch by lowering the bar deliberately for yourself rather than setting the expectations so goddamn high that it's easy for you to fuck up. So that's that's something not many people talk about is this idea is like the rep- getting over the repeat effect, the, the problem repeating itself again and again and again. And, yeah. and the big part of that is giving yourself permission to actually fail. All right. I like that. That's good. That's good. Then how does this all come together and relate to premature ejaculation? So premature ejaculation is also like an, is like an typically caused by anxiety. Oddly enough, like you might think it's caused by well, half the time it's caused by like just being super excited and and, and like, like overstimulated. Yeah, yeah. And then the other half of it is actually guys who are super kind of nervous and anxious and like again worried about uh, failing, worried that they can't impress the girl, worried that they can't please the girl. And again, it, it turns into a self fulfilling prophecy. Because so, all they're thinking about is, oh, I hope I don't, I hope I don't come, I hope I don't come too quickly, and then lo and behold, what do they do? They come too quickly because they're folk. What are they? What are you focusing on? If, you know, if you, it's this, it's this the old adage. Like if I, if I tell you, don't think of a pink elephant, you think of a pink elephant. Yeah, right. You put the, you put the thought in your own head. So when you, when you sit there and you think, I like, I hope I don't come early, you're putting that fucking thought in your own head. So for guys to avoid that in the first place, so backtracking there for a second, we talked about. Setting the expectation, being too concerned about pleasing her with premature ejaculation. And we also talked about being over, overly stimulated. So what are the tools you can do to prevent the overstimulation side of things? Let's let's typically like look, maybe the guy hasn't had sex in ages, it's he's got blue balls or something, or you know, he just hasn't been super sexually active. I mean, yeah, even if I'm haven't been super if I have like you know, for some reason, if I have a dry spell, like I'm more sensitive. So it's not, it, it's perfectly, it makes perfect sense for a guy who hasn't had sex in say six months to like then be super, super sensitive when he finally gets his hands on a woman. So for a start, don't beat yourself up like that. When it comes to, uh, uh, normally I will tell guys not to, like, like I said at the beginning, normally I'll tell guys not to masturbate to porn. That's actually one of the things I recommend guys don't do if they're having, typically they're having most problems in the bedroom. That's the one thing I'll tell them not to do. The one exception to this rule is premature ejaculation and here's why a lot of guys who have premature ejaculation problems when they masturbate they're masturbating so you know in such a way that's training their body to, to prematurely ejaculate so they're masturbating for like a minute and they're, they're trying to come as quickly as possible when they're masturbating so it's just reinforcing to their body the mind-body connection it's reinforcing this idea of all right sex means one to two minutes of pleasurable feelings and then we ejaculate so if a guy has that problem I'll tell him, do what I call deliberate masturbation. It's like deliberate, deliberately practicing edging yourself for longer. Edging is the practice of, quote, unquote, masturbating, but stopping before you get to the, what we call the point of no return. Yeah, this is literally exactly what I said in the, uh, in the last episode about this. And it's, and it's great. Keep going with it. Bingo, bingo. It just, uh, it's reinforcing it. It's definitely reinforcing it. And, um, and yeah, continue. Because I'm sure you'll say something maybe a little bit in your own words here. Yeah, so... We're edging, so we're, we're, you're masturbating until, and we're stopping before the point of no return. Point of no return being if you if you touch your dick one more time, you would ejaculate, right? So you're stopping before that point, and then you're calming down. You're letting you're catching your breath. You're letting you're letting the sensation sort of 
dissipate away from your dick by not touching it for a few minutes or however long it takes. And then you start it up again and you stop again. And you can repeat this however many times you like. But the idea is that you're training your body to last, one, last longer. And two, you yourself, your mind-body connection is getting more stronger. So you, can, you are learning your own limits. You're learning the sensations. Uh, like you're learning to recognize, oh, this means I'm getting close. Because it shouldn't take you by surprise that you're about to orgasm. Like it shouldn't, shouldn't be a case of like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're hitting it doggy style and all of a sudden it's like, oh crap, I'm going to come. Like you don't, that's, that shouldn't be, you should be aware of like how far away you are from climax and whether or not you should take a break, stop, maybe all you have to do sometimes is just, okay, pull out and eat a pussy for like a few minutes. What do you do if you want to get control? You know what I mean? Understanding that mind-body connection, understanding where your point of no return is and being familiar with that. Now, another thing to add in here is we talked about, okay, we talked about taking a break. Yeah, stop for a second. Cool. Do what you need to do. The big thing that a lot of guys miss is their breathing. So if you are, and this is, this is also something you will learn by doing this sort of practicing this kind of edging method as well, you'll notice that you start to breathe a certain way when you're about to climax. So some, some dudes might hold their breath when they're about to climax. Other dudes might breathe heavier and deeper when they're about to climax, whatever it is. Recognize how you breathe when you are about to, to orgasm. And then what you do is you just deliberately do the opposite. So if you're, if you're the kind of guy who holds his breath when he's about to come, deliberately take longer, deeper belly breaths. And what you'll find is the sensation that, that sort of, that you're going to regain the sort of the sensitivity is going to dis- dissipate and disappear a bit because you're, you're, you're your body is so like it's just this pattern recognition machine. It just falls into these habits. So just little things like de- that deliberately break those habits tend to do the predictable opposite response. So watching their breath and con- deliberately consciously controlling their breath and changing their breath accordingly is something that a lot of dudes can do to gain control of that premature ejaculation problem. So you really got to understand your body and notice kind of what's happening and be aware of what's happening in those moments to see what you can do. Absolutely. Got it. Okay, cool. Any other tips for premature ejaculation? My mentor told me this one this one back in the day. He was like a he's a director now, but he used to be a performer himself and he was he told me this one on set once. He was like, "Look, what I used to do if I was having a uh, if I was having a bit too much fun is he would stop and he would count the tiles on the roof or he would count like the blinds on the windowsill. He would deliberately engage the logical mind for a few seconds just to take his focus away. Now, this is kind of the opposite of what guy, the problem that guys have a lot of the time with, uh, with performance anxiety is that they're too, they're, they're too in their head, they're too engaging their, their, their logical mind. But this is doing the complete opposite. So you, can't, you don't do it for too long because you don't want to have like your bone go away. But if you're too sensitive and too close to sort of uh, popping, then you're just like, all right, I'm going to f- change my f- what I'm focusing on. for Because maybe, maybe she has like a really nice butt and you're like, God damn, that's a really good butt. And so you're, you're getting a bit too close. So instead, all right, well, I'm going to change my, my focus to the blind. So I have one, two, three, four, five. Okay, I've got 10 blinds over here. How many, how many tiles are there? One, two, three. Oh, and before you know it, you're back in action. Like it's, it's, the problem's gone away, you know? I mean, a lot of guys have heard of the old, uh, the old school thing. Like think of, think of something that's, that's uh, um, like uh, margaret thatcher naked on a cold day or something like that <laughs> yeah, you know sure. but i prefer like because that that can be too much you know that can be like too, like can push it push you a bit too far in the wrong direction whereas just like logically counting things kind of does the job in just enough 
in, in the right sweet spot. Cool. Cool. I like it. These are great. All very yeah. good tips here. No, I hope, you got, I hope your guys actually, you know, look, we're out here saving lives, doing God's work. <laughs> doing God's work. That's, that's exactly what we're doing. Well, we're actually trying to help create lives if you want to think about it that way. Good point. Depending on on what you're uh, doing with your your uh, sexual intimacy there, but um, but yeah, no, this is all great. This is all great. So, is this stuff that you also coach and teach men? Yes, yes, yes. So, I, I, I have a ton of stuff on my YouTube where I, uh, I'll I'll put out like smaller, kind of bite sized uh, videos on like one or two on one specific topic, and uh, you know, like the, these sex positions will help you last a bit longer. These ones will help help your orgasm better. These ones the, do these things to help you you know, overcome premature ejaculation, do these things to help performance anxiety. So I'll, I'll bite size this stuff down and chuck it out there for, for free in the end of the guys. Cool. And what's a good website where they can reach you? Well, the, uh, you can go to sterlingcooper.com if they want. Uh, Sterling is spelled S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G. And uh, there you can find the links to all my social medias and uh, my YouTube and all that sort of stuff. Or you can just jump on YouTube and type in Sterling Cooper and then you'll find uh, my channel there. If you're interested, if you like this kind of long, longer form content, then YouTube is probably the best place to go uh, find my stuff because you can just jump right in and and learn some things. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll put the correct spelling of your name, don't worry, in the show notes as well as your website and guys can check you out and learn more from there. Sterling, thanks for coming on and uh, and helping out with this and reinforcing some of the stuff that I taught. And also, of course, it's just it's good to hear it from someone like you uh, who is actually living and breathing it, so to speak. So thanks for coming on and sharing with us. Oh, you're welcome, mate. Look, and that's 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 something I always look for. Like when, when two people come to the same conclusion independently of one, that is a good indicator that you're getting correct. It's a good sign. That's for sure. Yeah. So guys who are listening, try this stuff out. If you feel you need help here. And of course, if you need more help, you can reach out to Sterling if you wanted to go deeper with some of these topics. And once again, Sterling, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me.